G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's make a special welcome to Dan Flynn, who is the Victorian State Director and Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby. We'd like to update the political agenda for the coming week. Dan Flynn, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Dan, let's get into something which we started, in fact, talking about last week. Because last week there was a news poll and it showed that the federal government had actually slipped in the news poll by a full two percentage points. And it bears some significance if we can reflect on some of the reasons for that because the government didn't appear federally to be putting too many feet wrong. But, uh, of course, then you've got the Australian Christian Lobby. You've been doing some of your own polling around some various issues too and we can make some correlations here. Uh, What's your thought on the significance of those poll figures and uh, what might be causing them? Well, clearly the the drop was in New South Wales, uh, the drop in the coalition's vote, and that can only be attributable to the one issue that's been... Um, you know, at, at sort of fever pitch in New South Wales, and that's been the abortion uh, debate. Uh, and it's been um, a situation where people have elected uh, New South Wales Liberals and found themselves with Victorian Labor in terms of abortion. And that's really been upsetting uh, Liberal and uh, national voters. And that's been evident in our poll uh, and uh, reflected in the poll that showed that the coalition's vote has dropped in New South Wales. So that's very concerning and, um, you know, I think is a a concern for the party federally uh, as well as uh, at a state level. You know, Dan, some reports I read uh, with regard to this suggesting there's a wholesale brand destruction of the Liberal Party over the abortion legislation because the Berejiklian government has handled this so poorly. It's like a betrayal of voters in New South Wales. Is that a fair enough sort of comment when you start to hear those sorts of things? Some people will be a little more extreme in their criticism than others, but really that's the way this sort of criticism seems to be going. Look... Words like that come to mind because clearly this was um, uh, known before the election. Uh, she'd handed this to uh, Alex Greenwich to pursue and he has um, uh, had a pro-abortion agenda. Uh, the Premier herself has kept herself in the background. Um, some could say she was you know, really hiding in her office during the, the vote and the debate. Um, but she has empowered Alex Greenwich to um, take this on government time uh, what is a private member's bill, uh, given it abundant time to be debated and effectively made it government business. And uh, that's very, very concerning. And um, people do attribute this to the Nationals uh, and the Liberal Party. And uh, the Premier's wearing it, uh, the, the, the National Party wearing it. Um, the poll, in, in an essence, that we conducted indicated that 70% of people are opposed to abortion after 22 weeks, 70%. Um, and 84% of voters are opposed to gender selection abortion. So 
you know, this is done against the thrust of public opinion and um, is just simply um, uh, an attempt to uh, hoodwink the voters. And this would have been known before the March election, and this is the concern. And you might not be able to draw the dots like you've been able to do, Dan. Uh, had there been just the actual news poll, uh, you could look at that and say, and no doubt the commentators have been all asking why uh, the Liberal vote has dropped so substantially. But when you've had this very recent poll that the Australian Christian Lobby has done around this issue of abortion, and you put two and two together here, uh, there is something that you can talk about with a level of confidence that, yes, there is a real connection here. Yes, that's absolutely true, and, uh, and this has been picked up by other media um, making that exact connection. So uh, it's a concern for uh, the Scott Morrison government. And, um, look, we, let's, let's hope this uh, lands somewhere uh, a little more sensibly than where it is now. Um, the vote has passed the lower house. It's now in the up, upper house has been stalled because the Premier wanted it stalled. Um, She is concerned about how this matter can be resolved. Uh, And, um, uh, Neil, uh, no doubt your viewers will agree with me, your listeners, that this can be resolved by the government pulling this bill, uh, taking this bill away from the upper house. Uh, And um, at the moment, abortion is in the Crimes Act unless somebody uh, fits within an exception. And uh, that has an educative effect, that uh, taking of young unborn lives uh, is uh, killing unborn children. And to take it out of the Crimes Act, to regulate it and assert that uh, it is perfectly fine for abortion to take place up to 22 weeks for any reason uh, is simply inappropriate and it's a liberalisation of abortion. And New South Wales people who are very religious um, are just not stomaching this. Well, there's a lot of issues on the agenda and while we're talking about abortion in New South Wales and I think that vote could come again uh, to the to the upper house and you say there's uh, it's been stalled uh, sometime yeah. in September or the likelihood Correct. is what I heard. Yeah. Uh, but you've got all of these uh, all of these spot fires all around the nation, Dan, and no doubt yeah. at the Australian Christian Lobby you're kept very busy with what's happening nationally and uh, you have some fabulous people who are on point in all the states and territories around Australia. Uh, you're responsible for uh, Victoria and uh, and also, I think, is it uh, uh, Tasmania or, and South Australia? Oh, we're, doing, or is it, we're, doing the, we're doing the best we can. You know, you've got, you've got yeah. a, lot of, a lot of things uh, on your plate. No, but we, let's, we have a great team. We have a great team. So, um, let me just yeah, ask you about the issues yeah. around the euthanasia debate, though, because uh, these are beginning yeah. to rage now in Queensland and yeah. in Western Australia. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's been happening in the state of Queensland? Look, some good news over the weekend, and speaking about a great team, um, your listeners will be very familiar with Wendy Francis, who is our director in Queensland. Um, she uh, observed that the state conference was uh, on this weekend of the ALP, this weekend just gone. They were going to have a motion to um, the left were going to ensure that, you, that euthanasia was um, uh, debated, voted on, passed before the next election. Uh, next year. Um, uh, Our supporters were notified about that and asked to write to their ALP MPs, uh, which they did do in large number. And the the ultimate motion that emerged on the weekend was quite um, watered down. It just said that 
euthanasia should be passed as soon as possible, which gives us great hope that they actually won't be pressed uh, prior to the election next year. So that's people power. Uh, that's the ALP um, uh, members of parliament hearing from um, uh, Christians, from ACL supporters, uh, and, uh, and realising, hang on, we don't want another New South Wales abortion conscience vote debacle in the lead-up to the Queensland election. Um, look what's happening to uh, the New South Wales Premier. So, you know, this, this has uh, an effect, and I'm, I'm pleased our people spoke up and obtained a good outcome over the weekend. Okay, let's tackle as many issues as we can in our short time here. Uh, Let's talk about where the religious freedom legislation might be at because uh, there's there's been an awful lot of, uh, you know, uh, going through the motions and road testing and those sorts of things with various elements of uh, religious freedom. Where are things at uh, in your view now, Dan? Any day we expect to see an exposure draft of a bill released by the Attorney-General's office. It's called an exposure draft because they'll consult widely. They'll put it out to the public for comment and take submissions. So that process is a good one. Um, We hope that the exposure draft contains some of the things that we've been lobbying for, Uh, in particular that people who make comments about their religion um, outside of workplace, on social media, for example, should not be sacked uh, from their workplace, uh, like Israel Folau, um, like... Um, others who are less high profile in Israel. What people do on their private time outside of work should be protected by a religious discrimination bill. Uh, Let's hope we see that and um, uh, we'll see a flurry of activity in the sitting week uh, commencing, and I think around about the 9th of September. There'll be two federal sitting weeks and this will uh, be very high on the agenda. Let's talk about Cardinal George Pell for a few moments. Uh, Last week, he lost his appeal, and uh, then it was uh, assumed that this would all go to a high court challenge. And uh, as I understand it, there's been a little bit of misreporting that's been happening in the media, and uh, some who are saying it's a foregone conclusion, it's going to the high court, but apparently the Catholic Church hasn't given their their seal that that's actually going to happen. What are your thoughts on, on George Pell and the possible High Court challenge? Look, there is a possible High Court challenge. I think there is something like 14 days to lodge an appeal. Um, this, is, this is a harrowing situation uh, for the victims and uh, for George Pell. And, you know, where does the truth lie? Well, the Court of Appeal tried to determine this last week and uh, two of the uh, senior judges uh, felt that the conviction should stand. And one, Justice Mark Weinberg, uh, was not uh, convinced and he uh, felt that some of the uh, testimony uh, was um, uh, concocted and um, was just very concerned that there were discrepancies, etc. And simply, he said, as a matter of conscience, uh, he could not support the conviction. Now, um, so Mark Weinberg, uh, uh, who... Uh, is a very senior and very respected criminal lawyer, the most senior criminal lawyer on that bench of three, and that is not in dispute, um, is, um, has made some very cogent reasons. So I think it's likely that there'll be a High Court appeal and some of the matters raised in Justice Mark Weinberg's um, decision uh, will no doubt be considered carefully by the High Court. So I, I expect an appeal... 
uh, because it's 2-1, because the dissenting judge is such a senior criminal lawyer, so well respected, um, this matter is now really not resolved uh, in the public domain it's in, and uh, it won't be resolved in the courts until it goes to the High Court, is my expectation. Uh, we'll be watching that space closely. And uh, just before I let you go, Dan, uh, we lost a great Australian last week, Tim Fisher, and uh, there is a state funeral that's planned, as I understand it, this week on Thursday, 1pm in Albury. Uh, we did lose a great Australian. He was uh, he was uh, such a prime mover in so many senses and with a moral foundation, which was admirable. Absolutely, and um, I was very fortunate to have met Tim Fisher. Uh, he, uh, was, uh, he, he was a prominent Catholic and was Australia's ambassador uh, to uh, the Vatican uh, from 2008 to 2012. Um, when he... Uh, resigned from Parliament, he received a standing ovation from both sides of Parliament. And that's a sort of bipartisan gesture that we don't see these days uh, because uh, things are polarised. And often that's because people are polarising. But I think that Tim Fisher was somebody who um, people recognised he was a conservative, Catholic, Christian, uh, with very strong values that people respected. Uh, he really resonated with people has had such a long, distinguished career, and um, uh, we certainly um, uh, wish his family all the best uh, at this, this challenging time, and we celebrate a great life. Tim Fisher, a great Christian and a great Member of Parliament. Well, Dan Flynn, thank you so much for another great update on what's happening politically this coming week. Dan Flynn is the Victorian State Director and also Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, appreciate the update. We'll talk again soon. And uh, let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website where you'll find some great resources to download and articles that keep you up to date with the developments that, uh, that, are, that are happening uh, so far as the political agenda in Australia. ACL.org. Org.au. Dan, thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.